0: course had been ministering on prayer and um, this morning um, he's asked me to minister on a different subject. If you've noticed out in the foyer, um, Pastor Jordan has made some changes to the foyer. The way it looks is pretty cool and um, he's got um, 10 points of emphasis on that big black wall out there that he's given us. And um, he'd like me this morning to minister on one of those particular points of emphasis, and, and we're going to do that. So, if you could please, in your Bible, would you mind turning with me, if you have your Bible, to First um, Peter chapter two, verse seventeen. First Peter two seventeen. In um, in this day and age, if you haven't noticed, things are kind of exciting. They're interesting. Um, uh, And and listen, let me encourage you, um, don't marinate yourself in the media. If you sit around and marinate yourself in the media, what you're going to do, soak all that up, and that's what you're going to think, and that's what you're going to feel, and that's what you're going to believe. If you're going to marinate yourself in anything, marinate yourself in the Spirit of God. Marinate yourself in the Word, because what that will do is that will help you see the answer instead of all the problems. The only thing the world has to offer you are problems. The world's not going to offer you success. The world's going not, not going to offer you what's really going on. The Word is the only thing that's going to be able to do that. Yeah. So let's make sure that we're not sitting around soaking up all the foolishness that people are talking about and screaming about and all that. Let's focus on the Word because the Word is where the answer is. Yes. The Word is where the answer is. Yes. Amen. So looking here at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. And all of the verses this morning are going to be from the King James Bible. Uh, The verse reads, honor all men. Now let's stop right there. All. Does it say some? Does it say those you disagree with? Does it say those you only agree with? Does it say those who are of your same political party? Does it say those who practice the same worship of the same God as you? All. All men. How easy for, is that for some today? It, is the Bible kind of like a, a multiple choice? I choose D, none of the above. No. No. honor and Listen, if God asks you to do that, actually he, he, he tells us to do it. You know, there are things that you ask your children to do and then there are things you tell your children to do. You know. So, uh, honor all men. If he asks us to do it, we're equipped to do it. Is that correct? Sure. The problem is a lot of times we don't understand what honor is. And that's why people struggle with it. When you understand what honor really is scriptural, biblical honor, then it's not hard to do. If you're willing to get through your emotions and your feelings and all that sort of thing. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood, which means your, your, your fellow brothers and sisters. How easy is that? Some have struggled. How do I know? I've been on Facebook. (laughs) Fear God or reverence God is what that means. It doesn't mean don't be afraid of Him. It means show a reverential honor toward God. And then honor the king. Some translations say emperor. Pastor Jordan spoke about this a little bit. Um, Of course, during the the time of this writing, the emperor was Nero. If you've ever studied Roman history, it's pretty brutal. There's not much brotherly love going on in Rome. Uh, Nero, of course, um, hated Christians. He um, would would stake them, and then he'd cover them in a flammable liquid and light them on fire to um, light up his gardens and the streets. Um, So if you think 2020 is rough... I haven't seen any of you staked up, not yet anyway. They would fill coliseums with Christians and then just let wild animals loose on them. Now that doesn't make everything taking place today right, but it's so important we have some perspective. If Paul told, well Peter, excuse me, told the church, honor the emperor Nero. I mean, Nero's the dude that burned down two-thirds of Rome. Blamed it on the Christians, but it was he who did it so he could get more political power. So look at this verse. Honor all men. Love the brethren. And by the way, that all carries over to all the brethren. All of them. Reverence God. And honor the emperor, honor the king. People struggle with that. Because, again, what we just said, they marinate in the media yes. instead of marinating in the Word. Is God big enough to take care of all this stuff? Yes. Yep. Is it on my timeline or His timeline? Yes. We get frustrated because it doesn't happen when we think it needs to happen. Do we know everything? Do we know everything involved? Do we know what happens behind the scene? You know why people are frustrated? Because they don't believe God will take care of What's it go back to? Faith. You don't have to like what you see. You don't have to like what you feel. You don't have to like any of it. But it doesn't change the fact that God, if we give Him prayers to work with, right. but some people love posting more than love praying. And we'll get in that a little bit. I have read some of the most wonderfully worded, beautifully scripted piles of, of unscriptural <laughs> ignorance <laughs> in social media, you know, if you're one of those people stands in the Hallmark aisle at the grocery store and cries, you'd probably love that post. But anybody who has any scriptural sense realizes, well, that's garbage. Paul made a statement once. Well, actually, made a number of statements, but one of them that, that the Lord brought up to me, Paul had to say, "Listen, am I your enemy?" because I've spoken to you the truth. The, the fact that someone is going to stick to the word and not a doctrine doesn't mean they're not for you. It just says it means they realize the word's the answer that's going to fix it all. So our message today is honor is our calling. Honor is our calling. It's out there on the wall. Honor is our calling. And what I want to do today when, when talking about this particular message, I want to start at the back and work my way forward. And so we're going to start off with calling. What is a calling? What is a calling? And actually, well, we'll get into it in a little bit. Um, the Bible tells us that God has a call for each of our lives. He has created us for that call. He has equipped us for that call. He has anointed us for that call. And when we don't carry out that call, what happens is we become frustrated. I remember when I was in my um, late 20s, I was teaching and coaching and everything was going great. But I was just frustrated. My wife said, you're like a pregnant woman who hasn't gotten rid of the baby yet. Is that what you said, something like that? Well, I mean, it was a little more harshly worded. I mean, she should should have really written Hallmark cards. She's really great at that kind of thing. (laughs) Speaking of the Hallmark aisle. But um, she's like, you're like a pregnant woman. Why don't you go talk to the doctor and get this figured out? Because everything was going great in the natural, but on the inside, I was frustrated. Something's going on, and what happened, I wasn't in the right place. I wasn't doing what I was created to do. I was created to do that for a season, but it was time for a transition, and I was like, I need to get this thing out of me so that that I don't wake up in the morning and my wife's standing over me with a bat or something. (laughs) Not that she'd do that for those of you who... Don't know me and my wife. We like to joke. But, but you know, when the, when the Bible, in Ephesians chapter, excuse me, voice cracks, puberty, I'm sorry. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, it talks about, um, Paul says, don't be ignorant of what the, uh, what the will of the Lord is for you. Now, the verse right before Paul says, redeeming the time for the days are evil. Now, that means don't waste your time in verse 16 and then verse 17 he says you need to know what the will of the Lord is now if it's impossible to know God's plan for your life why would Paul say don't waste your time and look for the plan of God it's like snipe hunting anybody know what snipe hunting is snipe is a fictional animal that you send people out with a bag and you say go stand at the edge of the field and we're going to go and we're going to scare them out and catch them they're, they're quick and they're small so, so and then what do you do you just leave them out there and you go home because there's no such thing. Paul wouldn't tell you, go looking for this, but you'll never find it because it's impossible. So you can know what the will of the Lord is. Some of you guys never go snipe hunting? You're, you guys are city folks is what you are. That's what you, what you, what you. <laughs> but there is, there is a plan that God has for your life. And contrary to what people say, you can know it. That verse is one that tells you. Colossians 1.9. Pray that you may know what the will of the Lord is. Yeah. I pr- or I pray that you be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual understandings, what right. that's saying. So why would He tell you again, don't waste your time, but pray about something you can't possibly know? Yeah. Right. Right. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, crucify your flesh. Put, put, put down the extra piece of cake, yeah. right? It's part of crucifying your flesh. Yeah. Renew your mind, which is your, 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 your thoughts, your your will, what you want in your emotions, get those in line with the Word of God, and then it says you'll be able to prove or you'll be able to find out what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God for you. Right. So right there, Ephesians chapter five verse seventeen, Colossians chapter one verse nine, and Romans chapter one verse uh, excuse me chapter twelve verses one and two, for all three right there just say you can know God's plan for your life, all of it, all of it, everything. And and it's interesting when it talks about His will, it means His pleasure. And it says it's not something that's burdensome, it's not something that's 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 controlling, it's something that's liberating. And here's why. Jeremiah 29 says, I know the thoughts I have towards you, thoughts of good and not evil, that you might have an expected end. Expected end in the original language says, the end you've always dreamed of. You can have a fairy tale ending if you want. Don't listen to what the world says. That's not what God said. God said you can have the end of your life you've always hoped for. So you're, you're there and it's time for you to go to heaven and you gather up your crew and you look around and you're like, I'm satisfied. I finished my course with joy. I've lived a long life. I've done everything he's asked me to do. My kids are on the right track. My grandkids are on the right track. They're all in great shape. I'm out of here. I'll see you guys on the other side. You can have that. Your marriage can be heaven on earth if you choose to make it so. Why? We just sang it like 34 times. You are kind of good, questionably good, relatively good. No, good. Good. He's good. Period. So we can, that is His will. And in His will is everything that encompasses that. Absolutely, positively, everything. His will is His call for you. Am I doing what He's called me to do? Am I doing what He's created me to do? And, and there are two different things we need to look at here. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. Let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. Everybody with me? Yes. Wonderful. I mean, if you're not, we're still going to go on. You'll just have to catch up later. First Corinthians, I have to admit, I never thought I'd minister to a group of people in masks. Yeah, yeah. Who would have thought? Well, I mean, when, when, do you ever, when would you have ever thought you're sitting in the car with your spouse and say, hey, before you go in the bank, put on your mask. <laughs> you know, today, it's, today there's something wrong if you don't do that. Yeah. Last year, people would be like, whoa, wait a second. You people are sketchy. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, it reads, God is faithful. Yeah. We, we, that, that goes back to what we just talked about. God can take care of all this stuff yeah. if we're willing to get involved with him and help him. Yeah. Yeah. God is faithful yeah. by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Notice it says you're called. What's one of the things you're called to? Fellowship with God. Yeah. Did you know the more you fellowship with God, the more pleasant you are to be around? Oh, if you don't know that, turn to your spouse and ask them. They'll tell you. We're all called. You see, there are things in the Word of God that are general. We are all called to do it. And then there are things that are more specific. You see, when it's written out in the Word of God, it's the Logos Word. Pastor Jordan talked about this a few weeks ago. The Logos Word of God is written and it applies to everybody. Don't steal. Is that unique for some people or is it for everybody? that applies to everyone don't lie that applies to everyone by the way side note when you post something on social media and it is partially untrue you're lying who's the father of lies are you his son no then why would you do what he does I've become his accomplice When I do that, the Bible says don't bear false witness. That means don't lie. So it's not just what I say, it's what I post. If what I'm posting is not accurate, it's a lie. Here's the best thing to do, and Pastor Keith Moore hit this out of the park. If God didn't lead you to do it, why did you do it? Did God tell you to do that? Someone asked me, well, we need to speak truth, and that's true, we do, but does it promote unity and does it promote love? Well, Brother Sean, i just like to stir the pot a little bit. The Bible calls that creating division. All, all the social media people are really quiet. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be so unfriended. Brother Sean, you're so unfriended. I'll lose so much sleep over that. Actually, I won't. That was an awful testimony, wasn't it? <laughs> but there are things that we're all called to, and it's the rhema word of God. I mean, excuse me, and, and it's the Logos word of God. It, it's something that applies to every single person, regardless of who that person is. But then there's something that's more unique. It's more specific. It's more you. you mm-hmm. didn't read in the Bible. Mary, Jessica, what was your original last name? Mills. Mills. I like Bach better, but Jessica <laughs> Mills. Bible didn't spell that out for him. That's different. The Bible didn't spell out where you're supposed to live, the car you're supposed to drive, the job you're supposed to take, the, the pastor under which you submit yourself. The Bible doesn't specifically, it gives you some guidelines and some parameters, but it doesn't specifically spell that out. Well, what's that for you then? Well, it's called the rhema word of God. It's God speaking to your heart, speaking to you. Turn to Romans chapter 14. I mean, excuse me, chapter 8, verses 14 through 16. Romans eight, fourteen through 16. Talk about the will of God. We see that there is a will and a plan that God has for you. We see that we can know what that is. And now we're looking at, well, how do I figure that out? Again, you have the Logos, which is just, the will of God for everybody, but then you have the rhema that is unique and specific to you and what you need to be a part of. And we're focusing on this because um, we're talking about honor is our calling, but if we don't understand the priority we need to put on our calling, we'll we'll never understand the importance of staying in honor. Your calling has to be your number one priority. Number one. Not 1A, not 2, 1. Well, what about my family? Your family's part of your calling. It's written in the Bible. That's the logos. Your spouse, that's part of your calling. So that's in there. But your calling has to be number one. It has to be number one. Because if it's not number one, you're not allowing God to get involved and help fix the things you can't fix on your own. Because if you don't realize, there'll be a lot of things you can't fix on your own. You need His help to do that. Why? Because he's good. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. This is what I just talked about. When we're led by the Spirit of God, it's not bondage right. unto fear. Some people think, like, oh, if I don't follow the, the, the God's plan for my life, I'm so afraid of it. Well, we shouldn't be afraid. We should live in that spirit of adoption. God loves us. God has the best for us. God cares for us. God can do so much more than I ever thought he could do for me is why we pursue that. Not because we're afraid something bad's going to happen. We're We're thinking of the goodness of God. We're focusing on the goodness of God. As I pursue God, all that goodness is going to show up in my life because of the great love and care that he has for me. Amen. So that's why they sandwiched that verse in there. People are like, for crying out loud, they're talking about being led by the Spirit of God and the spirit of bondage. What's that about? You're not led by God because you're afraid you're going to have a dumpster fire of a life. You're led by the Spirit of God because of the goodness and all the good that you don't even know He has planned for you. I don't deserve the wife I have. I don't deserve the kids I have. I don't deserve anything I have. It's the goodness of God is the reason why I have it. And, and the mercy of Jenny, of course. <laughs> Verse 16. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now keep that up there for a minute. I'm going to kind of go back to front again. Romans 8:16 says, His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. The word children there means someone who's immature. Baby Christians can know they're saved. In the the Greek, that word children represents someone who's immature. They're a Christian, but they're not very grown yet. But they're grown enough to know, hey, I'm saved. But after that, we take it a step further. We start being led by the Spirit of God. You look at verse 14, and if you notice, it's, it's different than just knowing you're saved. Verse 14 tells us, if you could put that up, please. It says, We're led by the Spirit of God. The sons and daughters, those words mean someone who's got some maturity. They've grown up a little bit. Baby Christians know I'm saved, but that's about all they know. They don't know they can be led by the Spirit of God. But as I mature in the things of God, as I come to church, as I study the Word, as I pray, what happens? I start to grow up and I start being able to tell, well, this isn't a good decision because in the inside there's this, eh, no. And, of course, that's a whole other message, how to be led by the Spirit of God. But we see here some maturity. Now these people don't just know they're Christians. They're being led by God so they know, don't make that decision, do make that decision. You don't have to make another mistake again if you, if you train yourself to hear the leading of God. I don't make nearly the, mi- the mistakes I used to make. No, I still make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. But the more closely I follow the plan of God for my life, the, less, the fewer problems I get involved with. I, I, I'm, I'm surprised at myself how many times over the last couple of years I've told my kids the better the decisions you make the easier life will be yeah. Yeah. it's usually not the devil that creates the problems in our lives it's our bad choices the Bible's full of seed time and harvest yeah. packed full of it most of our problems are bad choices and then there are bad consequences and we act shocked where did that come from? my choice I, 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 I tend to repent more than most anything because of some of the knuckle-headed choices I've made in my life. Just being honest with you. Just being honest with you. So we see here, well, what's that mean, being led by the Spirit of God? Well, that goes back to your calling again. Now I'm getting some specific direction on what to do. How to do it. So the Logos is just general information concerning everyone's call, but the Rhema is about your specific call. So when you know what your specific call is, what do you have to do? You have to make that your number one priority. Most of you probably know this verse, Matthew six thirty three: Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and what? All these things will be added unto you. If I'm pursuing all these things first and his call after that, I won't have all these things. Because I can't get all these things. Even good things. I could be pursuing good things. But if they're not God things, the call, I'll never enjoy what I could if I put him first. Listen, I I realize this is kind of a sensitive issue, but hopefully you're big enough on the inside to handle it. You know, there are a lot of social movements we've seen lately that are important. Filter the politics out of them. Filter the you know, most of these social moves, if you stay on the road, the core premise of the movement is important, and it is scriptural. But what happens is people are on the road, and then you have voices screaming from the right, and voices screaming, and these are the people that live in the ditches, and unfortunately on social media, they're the loudest. I had somebody ask me, well, how come you don't post more on social media or a blog or anything like that? I said, well, I never thought that I was so important people were waiting around to hear what I have to say about it. (laughs) Now, apparently some people feel that way because they post their opinions all the time. I just never felt that. (laughs) But when you stay in the middle of the road, these things are important, and they're scriptural, and they have to be addressed because they're unjust if they're not addressed. But you got people in the ditches yelling stupid stuff. And people who are trying to really work on this, if you don't pay attention and stay rooted and grounded in the word, you get distracted by the voices of the ditch people. Yeah. Hello. Well, why would you say that? That's stupid. All you people are idiots. Well, wait a second. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Don't be screaming at all Democrats. Don't be screaming at all Republicans. Uh-huh. Don't be screaming at all liberals. Don't be screaming at all conservatives. The Bible says you'll know a tree by its fruit. Does it say you'll know the whole forest by its fruit? It is unscriptural to lump together an entire group of people based on the actions of some. Listen, if you have a forest with 5,000 trees in it and 4,999 of the trees are apple trees, you can't say they're all apple trees because they're not. That is unscriptural. I can't judge him by his fruit. That's wrong. You don't do that to people. You don't treat people that way. You get people that get on and, and they and they see what's happening in society, and they see people that protest, and they see people that loot, and they say they're both the same people. No, they're not. That is unscriptural, and it is wrong. What does the Bible? Con- the Bible's full of personal responsibility. Individuals are responsible, not not group. I can't say, well, you're part of this group, so you must be have done something wrong. That's wrong to do. Everybody understand it's contrary to the Bible? Yes. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. So you, you have all of these different things, and we have to guard ourselves because sometimes people get frustrated. You know, that, that you, 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 we had a movement, and you don't hear as much about it lately, but it's called the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're unfamiliar with what that is, what it does is it brings attention to people who have been sexually harassed, sexually manipulated, sexually abused. That's wrong. Yeah. Right. For, forget the politics of it. Because here's the ridiculousness of the media and politics. You, ha- you have a man named Justice Kavanaugh. He's a Supreme Court justice. He had a lady who accused him of sexual indiscretions. During that, because he's a Republican, the Republicans were like, ah, that's no big deal. The Democrats were screaming like their hair were on fire. <laughs> and then today, presidential candidate Biden has a woman who accused him of sexual abuse the Republicans are screaming like their hair's on fire now and the Democrats are like, ah, that's no big deal. What is that? Politics taking something that is wrong and using it for their benefit. They're both wrong. That is wrong. Sexual abuse, sexual, all that stuff's wrong. Now let me ask you something. Is that wrong? Is it wrong for people to be sexually mistreated? Yes. Okay. How much money have you given to the Me Too movement? How many marches for the Me Too movement have you been in? Well, then you must be four. What about Black Lives Matters? Take the politics out of it. It's wrong. Not Black Lives Matters is wrong, but treating people differently because of how they look is ungodly. Race is actually something man created to divide people. God didn't create race, man did to produce prejudice and discrimination and all kinds of stuff. Man did that foolishness. God didn't do that. So the premise is, is correct. It's wrong to treat people differently because they look different than you. It's wrong, it's wrong, it's always wrong. Can everybody agree with that? Yep. How much money have you been given to the movement? How many protests have you attended? Doc, have you attended any? then you must be a racist. <laughs> what about save the children? Hmm. Pedophilia. Is it wrong for children to be sexually exploited? Yes. How much money are you giving to it? How many marches have should been involved in? Well, you must all be pedophiles. <laughs> what I'm doing is pointing out the ridiculousness of what even some of the body of Christ has been involved with. I ask God about it. You know, you've, you've got people to say, well, your silence means you're part of the problem. Because I'm silent, now I'm a pedophile. Now I'm a racist. Now I'm a sexist. Now I'm a sexual predator. Why aren't you involved in it? You don't have enough time to be involved in it all. Are they all important causes? Yes. You don't have time. Do you have the money to be involved in them? No. So what do you need to do? God? What do you want me involved with? What do you want me to do? Because again, his will is more important than my will. And his will is more important than someone on social media who's trying to guilt me and manipulate me into being involved in something that God says, I don't want you to be involved in it that way. I want you to be involved in it this way. And this applies to all of us. And listen, I don't care if you think you're a Republican or Democrat, left or right. Everyone has done it. Well, I mean, it doesn't mean all you have done it, but people... In your group, have done it, and it's unscriptural. Manipulation, witchcraft, or one of my favorites. One of my favorites. Oh, this is oh, just one of my favorites. Educate yourself. That's always someone who starts a post. It's always, uh, uh, it's oh, it always gives you the feeling of openness and honesty. And let's have a vulnerable conversation because isn't that what you feel? Amsie, I'm going to speak to you now. Educate yourself. For you are a member of the ignorant, unwashed masses, and I'm going to bring my wisdom from on high to enlighten your dirty, nasty self. That's the connotation. Where's that come from, a position of pride? Are we supposed to act like that as Christians? We've made the mistake of putting things before Christians. I'm a Republican Christian. I'm a Democrat Christian. I'm a black Christian. I'm a white Christian. I'm a rich Christian. I'm a poor Christian. I'm an herbal Christian. Urban Christian, not herbal. I guess you're herbal. (laughs) Herbal teas. I'm not in that group. I'm more of a cherry Coke Christian, I guess. We put all these things before the word Christian and what happens is we filter everything through that and then it gets to the Christian part. We're Christians first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all this stuff will be added to you. I have to admit I don't get disturbed, but I have been grieved by the people who have attacked prayer when it comes to these things. James chapter 5 says, The fervent heartfelt prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Or the Amplified and the the original actually says makes tremendous power available. Who can raise their hand and tell me this? How many social media posts does it take for God to say, oh, you just made tremendous power available? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller, Bueller, nobody. How many protests do I have to be in and then God says, oh, that's it, 37. You just made tremendous power available. You'll never fix natural problems with natural solutions. They have to be attacked at the root, which is spiritual. But he says one person with fervent, heartfelt prayer, who's a believer, makes tremendous power available. See, when all we do is look at what's going on in the natural, we never understand spiritually what's happening to destroy that garbage. Because what I just mentioned, they're all important causes. And we have to get to the root, And we have to get those things fixed. Because it's wrong for them not to be fixed. And you should be disgusted by the fact yeah. that it's not fixed. Yeah. But you don't guilt other people into doing what you think they need to do to address it. I asked God about it when all this, when, when the situa- whole situation came out with Mr. Floyd, which you, you can't as a, as a person, well honor all men, you, you can't watch that and not just want to puke. It was atrocious. And I talked to my kids, and I actually, I told my kids, I said, well, in actuality, this this isn't just about race. It's about the condition of the human heart. And race is just one of the things. It's about division is what it's about. How can I divide the body of Christ? I can't divide them over race. Maybe I can divide them over the Me Too thing. Or maybe I can divide them over the Corona thing. Or maybe I can, whatever I can do. Let's see. What he does is he just throws garbage at you through the media and through this other stuff and sees which one's going to stick on you. What's going to be your source of division? It's That's That's what it's about. But I asked God, I said, well, Father, do you want me to be doing more, something more about this? And he's just like, well, did I tell you to do anything different? I said, no, sir. He said, then keep doing what you're doing. And he said, here's the problem. And you usually... I'll, I'll go out and I'll take a walk through my yard and the Lord talks to me about stuff my kids always make fun of me. You know, you're like, where's dad? And your mom's like, he's out in the side yard. And they're like, oh, probably licking his mustache and talking to God or something. Because I have a habit when my, when my mustache, which is pretty, pretty great, it's pretty sleek, isn't it? When, um, when I'm out in the yard, if I don't pay attention, I'll lick the corners of my mouth. It's just a bad habit. My wife, everyone, once in a while will look at me and kind of Again, yes, she's she's an author of greeting cards. But, um, But I asked the Lord about it. I said, what more should I do? He said, keep doing what you're doing, which was praying. And he said, here's the problem. People who criticize prayer don't understand its power. He said, think about this. He said, let's say out in your yard you've got two bushes that your wife decides she doesn't want. Now, you probably planted them like last month, but all of a sudden she doesn't want them now. He didn't say that. That's my addendum. <laughs> and you go out and you decide, well, I'm going to get rid of it. And my, my, life's a big, my wife's a big landscaper if, for you guys who don't know her. So we're out there and we've got these two bushes and she wants to get rid of them and our kids are there. And my wife says, I think we want to deal with these bushes. Sean, you deal with that one and I'll deal with this one. Well, okay. And what happens is I just go to, I just go to the shed and get a saw, a chainsaw, because I'm a man. That's right. So I get my chainsaw and I just cut it down like problem solved. But my wife goes, and what she does is she pours some solution on it and goes back in the house. Two weeks later, the kids look out and say, Dad, you're having so much success. I mean, you've addressed the issue. And Mom, you're just watching Hallmark movies and stuff because she does. (laughs) And and you're not getting anything done about it. And that's what we do in the natural. We think, well, people are involved in a bunch of activities, so they're really doing something. When people who are praying that you never see are actually killing the thing at the root. So what happens... Five years later, you'll have to deal with it again. Yeah. Yeah, that's Five years later, what will happen? The very next year, I'll have to deal with that same bush because I just dealt with it from what you can see in the natural. I never got to the root of the issue. Yeah. Never make fun of prayer. Yeah. Never say prayer is ineffective. That's incredibly dangerous. Yeah. Now, now, why do I say that? I say that because your call is always greater than any cause. Always. You put your call first, God will take care of the other. If I trust him, I believe he's working, he's taking care of things, he'll fix it, he'll take care of it. So you can see the importance, and that took a little longer than I thought. You see the importance of understanding your calling. It has to be your number one priority, and all of these other things, your kids, your money, your house. Your car, the, the cause you want to... Now listen, if you're called to be involved in a cause, then it's not just your cause, it's your call. You have to be involved in go. it. Yeah. Well, what if I just want to be and I don't feel like God's called me to? Okay, the next thing. Is your being involved in that cause going to distract from your call? You yeah. If it distracts from your call, don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Because good things can be a distraction. Yeah. What you're called to do, I'm not. Or maybe I'm called to be a part of that in a different way. But I, it, it did, it, it's grieved my heart because of some of the chatter I've seen on social media. People aren't taking that sort of thing into consideration. They're just dropping bombs on people. What are those? Ditch dwellers. Ditch dwellers. Again, very quiet. I can hear them now unfriend, 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 unfriend. So that's calling. Honor is all that because we're equipped to do it. All of that. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. I've got about 12 more minutes or so. (laughs) Some of you are like, Praise the Lord, I got to get to Facebook (laughs) and get rid of this cat. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're done, gone, done it now. (laughs) So you understand the importance of the call. You understand the priority that it has to be. And, and the great thing is the uniqueness in the body of Christ. We're all called to do things differently and, and have different roles in different things. And if I'm trusting God, God will address all that stuff. But i got to put my faith in Him and believe it's being taken. care of, And not get frustrated about it. Because you don't know all the inner workings and what's going on behind the scenes. But eventually it can all be fixed. Yeah. Now, let me say this and I said this to a young man and he was shocked, there will always be racism. Yeah. It's true. As long as the devil's loose. It's true. There will always be pedophiles. There will always be sexists. There will always be that because as long as the devil's loose, there are going to be people who give in to that. Yeah. In the same way, there's always going to be liars. Yeah. There's always going to be thieves. Yeah. There's always going to be people in fear and unbelief. Yeah. You're always going to have those people because people in areas of their character have chosen to allow that weakness Correct. to manifest in their life. You're always going to have that. Yeah. But you don't have to. And our prayers can fix that to where we eradicate that kind of disgusting behavior in the body of Christ. But don't get mad at somebody because they're not doing it the way you think it needs to be done. Amen? So honor, the word honor means value. Honor means you value something. Look in here at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. And I want to talk in this short passage here about... um, the, the, what, what honor actually is, because people mistake honor with respect. And, and honor and personal respect are not the same thing. They're not, and this is why people struggle. When it says honor the king or honor the president, some people in here have problems honoring President Trump. Well, you're not actually honoring him, you're honoring the office. Some people in here have trouble honoring um, Kamala Harris, Senator Kamala Harris. Well, you're honoring her, you're honoring the position that she holds. You're not honoring Mitch McConnell, you're honoring the position. You're not honoring Nancy Pelosi, you're honoring the position. It's really got nothing to do with the person. Because the position doesn't change, but the people in that position do change. We have an upcoming election, there's a different president, guess what? You're called to pray for and honor the person in that office, which would be Joe Biden. So it's really not a whole lot about the person at all. But again, because we're naturally minded, we look at the position instead of the position of author- we look at the person, excuse me, instead of the position of authority. So let's look here, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Now notice that children obey your parents, it doesn't stop there. What does it add? There's a qualifier for obedience. It didn't just say children obey your parents in anything they tell you to do. If a parent tells their kid to go rob the liquor store, is that okay? If a parent tells their kid to beat somebody up, is that Okay. If a parent tells their kid life for them, is that okay? No. So children shouldn't obey unscriptural direction. That's why you have the qualifier with obedience. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Now, if you obey your parents and it's not in the Lord, it's wrong. But obeying your parents in the Lord is right. There's a qualifier. Now, look at verse 2. It says, honor thy father and mother. Stop. Is there a qualifier? There's no qualifier for honor. You just honor. You just honor. Your parents could be cads. For those of you who are young, kind of stinkers, I guess. A cad, you're a cad. You guys ever heard that word? Not like computer-assisted drafting or whatever that is. Your parents could be stinkers. You still have to honor them. Honor your father and mother, period. Because honor has nothing to do with what they do. It has to do with the position and the title that they hold. You honor the post, and you may disrespect the person. There are people I have very little respect for, but I honor the position they hold. Because honor is different than personal respect. Honor is owed. Personal respect is earned. Honor is all about how God has graced you. Respect is all about someone's works. Well, I just don't feel like people respect me very much. Well, whose fault is that? What are you doing? Are you a liar? Are you always late? Are you unreliable? How do you expect to, how do you expect to reap respect? When you're not doing much to sow for it. It says, honor your father, mother, and the Lord, which is the first command with the promise. Here's the promise, verse 3 that it may be well with thee, and you may live long in the earth. Honor brings health and long life. Moms and dads don't just train your kids to obey, train them to honor. You want your kid to live a long time? You want them to have a good life? Train them to honor. And if you train your kids to do it, they'll train their kids, so you'll see that in your grandchildren and so on and so forth and so on and so forth. People sometimes make the mistake of forcing their kids to obey, but they never train them in honor and what honor means. You do it just because it's right. doesn't have anything to do with how you feel. So you see, when it comes to honor, there's no qualifier. You have that position, that position is honored. That's why the Bible says honor all men. Does that mean you respect all men? No. Well, how can you honor them, man? Because they're made in the image and likeness of God. We're in the class of God. We should value everyone. It, it should grieve us when we see someone die. Needlessly. Now, that doesn't mean you, you, you're like, oh, sorry for your loss. Well, there's no loss. To die is gain. But, but understand, you don't want to see people missed out on their destiny and what God's created for them, what God's made available for them. So honor has nothing to do with how you feel about a person. Nothing. It has to do with the position and the post that they have. So when the Bible tells you then, I can't remember exactly where I had this passage, let me peek. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, Pastor Jordan's talked about this before. So when the Bible tells you to do things like this, And it goes back to prayer. It goes back to prayer. It says, I exhort you, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. How many men? And that means people. Women, too. Not being sexist or anything like that. Right? And then verse 2 continues. And it says, for kings and all that are in authority. When is the last time you prayed for the office of the president? Have you prayed since you posted something ugly about him? When's the last time you prayed for Representative Pelosi? Have you prayed for her since you posted something ugly about her? Have I? Vice President Pence. Mr. Schumer. These are people on both sides of the political spectrum. You see, because if I'm praying for them, I won't post a lot of the garbage that shows up on social media. We can come to church and we can be all churchified, but then we go home and we vomit all over Facebook and everybody sees, well, that was an act. See, because if I understand prayer, here's the thing. Why would I pray for the president? to be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual understanding that the eyes of his understanding be enlightened that he may know what is the hope of God's call for him that he would be rooted and grounded in love and then go on social media and say he's a big idiot I just prayed for him to have all of this great wisdom and understanding and then I did all that prayer by saying he's an idiot that's like, that's like praying, Father, I thank you, you supply all my need according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus, and I get done, I walk out of my prayer closet and said, we never have enough money for anything. Isn't that the same thing? It's the exact same thing. You just use the media to destroy your prayer instead of your mouth. People who do that either don't understand how prayer work or they're not praying at all. When does the Bible tell you post? Because that's going to fix everything. When does the Bible tell you complain? Because that's going to fix everything. Matter of fact, it says, "Let all things be done without murmuring, complaining." You mean I even have to pray for somebody I don't like and not complain about it? Yes. Did you pray? Did you pray? Did you did, did you pray? Did you pray today for that government official? <sighs> yes. Well, that attitude's not going to help. <laughs> it's like your kids. You ever told your kid to do something? or they act like all of a sudden every bone in their body has (laughs) gone did you clean your room yes I cleaned my room well they may have obeyed but they certainly didn't honor And, and yes having a teenage boy now I understand ears they're optional equipment they're just for looks they're just for looks. We're going to get we're going to get my son a t-shirt that just says, "Wait, what?" So you see, if I understand I'm to pray for all of those in authority, you're not really praying for the person as much as you're praying for the position, but the person in the position gets the benefit of it. So it takes your feelings out of it. Praying for your parents, praying for government officials, regardless of who wins an election or loses an election, all of that stuff. If you're posting negative things and you're bad-mouthing people and doing ugly things, it's wrong, it's mean, it's hurtful, it's inappropriate, just as a Christian, period. And it's on both, again, it's on both sides of this stuff. We're to be one body and I shouldn't even have to say both sides. It's sad that I do have to say both sides. Amen? So what do I pray then? Well, don't pray your will. You don't have a clue what needs to happen. Somebody's talking about, well, I'll tell you what needs to happen at the border wall. Well, how many times you've been down there? <laughs> how many times you've been down there to see what's going on? How many times have you traveled back and forth that big thing? Yeah. Yeah. So you know what needs to happen. Well, I do know what needs to happen. You know what? Because Fox News told me. And you think that's accurate? Well, no, no. I went to CNN. A real. New... You think that's accurate? You're getting the information that supports the agenda of the person who pays the bills. That's what you're getting. Who knows? God knows. So when I pray, Father, I thank you that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened, they would know the hope of your call, your will in this situation. That's Ephesians 1. Colossians 1, again, I've mentioned it before. Father, I thank you that they are filled with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual understanding. Ephesians 3, Father, I thank you that they are rooted and grounded in love. Why? Because love always makes the right choice. Well, what else should I pray? In tongues. In tongues. Pray that people would know God's will and then pray in tongues because you don't know what needs to happen. I hope they catch all these people in the FBI and CIA that were doing wrong stuff. Do you know what was happening? You don't have a clue. Unless God will tell you. You're just going on what somebody told you who, again, has an agenda. Well, I'm going to help educate you based on my biased source. And then the other person does the same thing from their biased source. Well, it was fact-checked. Oh, for crying out loud, give me a break. Take the politics out of Christianity. Stick to the word. What? Did God say? Because that's the answer. And that's the only place where we find success. Everybody with me? So you understand, honor's my calling. I can honor the post and the position regardless of the person who holds it. And because it is my calling, it is a priority that I live in honor. That will change the way I talk. That will change where I go. That will change what I post. That will change how I pray. It'll change all of it. It'll change my interactions with other people. If I value them, doesn't mean I always agree, but if I value them, which is what honor is, it changes everything. And it makes your life so much easier. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fix climate warming. No, climate change. Whatever it's called now. I'm going to fix it. And what do you set up and worry and worry and worry and worry worry about it? Why why, why don't you just, I don't know, make your bed in the morning. (laughs) Maybe pay your tithe, go to church, how about that? It's much easier to try to fix all this than fix me. But Jesus said clean the inside of the cup and then the outside will be clean. Quit trying to fix the world, fix you. Fix your world. And then what will happen? Enough of us fix our world, we'll fix the world. Amen. Amen. And in closing, the Bible tells us to show honor, double honor actually. To those who hold the office of the pastor yes. Double honor Not just honor yes. Double honor yeah. Now it doesn't mean a pastor's perfect No pastor's perfect You know Christianity is perfect But Christians aren't yeah. And that's why Christianity gets a bad name God's system of Christianity is perfect But we're not perfect no, no. So that's why sometimes we see Christianity And they're like well I don't want to be a part of that That thing's crazy Well it's not that we're that Christianity is crazy It's just people involved in it tend to mess it up Right, So a person who holds a position Certainly is never going to be perfect no. But you honor the office You honor the office and God then honors you You, know, you can't reap honor until you sow it So what I need to do is make sure Again, this is Pastor Appreciation Day today It used to be a month I don't know why they whittled it down to a day You know what it is? They didn't sell enough Hallmark cards <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you Yeah Yeah, she'll write some more. You're a great pastor. You didn't let wolves eat me, love Jenny. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, heartfelt. But the Bible says double honor for those who rule well. It's talking about pastors there when Paul writes to Timothy. So I want to encourage you. Um, Without a pastor, your life is scattered. That is a fact. So I just want to encourage you, the office of the pastor is one of those things that's to, to be honored. It's one of those things to be prayed about, not my will, not what I think needs to be done, but praying what the word says and then praying in tongues. Amen? Amen. Is honor our calling? Yes. Can we do it? Yes. yes. Is doing the right thing always fun? No. no. But it doesn't matter how it feels. And once you, one of the things that, you know, one of the, what, what do they tell you? What do they tell you? You, 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 you. Create a good habit and you do it for like 21 days. Yeah, and then, you know, the 21 days may not be fun, but after a while you start to see the benefits. When you start seeing the benefits of a prayer life, when you start seeing benefits of honor, when you start being seeing benefits of making the decision to pursue godly things rather than ungodly things, it makes it easy, but you just have to push through that beginning sometimes because your flesh is screaming. And it always will. Honor is our calling and we can do it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Pastor Don, did you have any announcements before we go? Okay. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the help that your word gives us. We understand we're equipped to honor, we're called to honor, and we thank you that you trust us to be involved in praying for those in positions of authority. And we thank you, Father, that you're also helping us to honor one another. To honor one another, to treat them with love, to treat with them respect, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. One thing before you go, listen. Just because you don't post it publicly on Facebook, if you personal me, personal message and badmouth people, you're still doing it. God still knows it. Or if you're sitting around the kitchen table badmouthing somebody, you're still doing it. So you may not put it on your public post because your reputation's so important to you. But if I'm doing it behind closed doors, it's a character issue. I need to fix that. Good. Good point. Now I don't live with you. But that's just something that was quickened to me as we were praying. Amen. Love you guys. The Word's good. It helps us all the time. Word and Spirit Conference next week. You don't want to miss it. If you need to register and you haven't, call the office. We'll see if we have any room. We'll try to squeeze you in somewhere. I'm making the seating chart right now. And you have to sit where you're sitting. And I'm keeping some of you away from your friends because you behave inappropriately. Just like kids in class. So we love you guys and we'll see you this week. Bye-bye.